So good to be with you online today. We're we're gathering online, and and I just want to take a second. We're a couple minutes away from from starting today, and wherever you're watching this, just know that we love you, and that we're praying for you, and that God is with us, and that we're super 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 excited. We're making plans to be back in person soon, and the doors are going to be open. And believe me, it's going to be a party. And so. Just as we uh, wind down and we get ready to start the service today, just know that God is with us. And as we enter into this time of worship here in a, in a second, uh, let's focus on who God is. Let's give him the praise and let's shout it out. If we're watching in our kitchen, if we're watching in the living room, if you're in the office, wherever you're, if you're at work, wherever you're tuning in today, uh, let's just give God the praise as we worship him.
everyone. Welcome and thanks for joining us online today. I'd love to lift the name of Jesus with you wherever you're at and just remind you that it's all about the Lord. We're going to sing and lift our voice. Come on. Oh, 
Father, you've risen. Your son Jesus has risen. And it's all because of him that we get to know you, that we get to sing to you, that we get to worship your name. And uh, God, I'm just thankful that we can we can make this all happen through through this technology that that you've you've gifted us with, and that whatever we were supposed to learn in this time, whatever you have for us in this time, is what we would take away from it, Father. That we wouldn't lose sight of who you are, or what you have for us, or what's in store, but that we would love you and that we would use this time in a way that is maybe beneficial for our family or, or I, I don't know what's in store but, but Father I know that, that you do know so be with us as we, as we hear your word Father we love you and we love you in Jesus in his name we pray Amen Hey church family, it's a privilege to be with you online today. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm so glad you could be with us as we're worshiping online today. Guys, I want to tell you that this past Sunday we had drive-in church and it was so much fun. It was people were driving up, they were excited to see other people. They were just it was it was such a sweet moment and being able to sing to Jesus outside and and, and the weather held off and guys, I just want to tell you it was so much fun. And so um, you can join us uh, this Sunday, right? So this Sunday for Drive-In Church, and what you can do is you come up to the 9.30, the 11 o'clock. Um, we're still having online uh, on Saturday night, and we're having online um, online stream during the 9.30, 11, and then the 3 and the 7, so you can join us online. Uh, but if you'd like to come up to church um, and be in the drive-in service, that's at 9.30 and the 11 a.m. on Sunday. It's, it's, it was a blast, and we look forward to another really great day uh, just being with our church family, socially distanced, and also, too, just singing to Jesus. And if you're online with us and you're checking this out, would you please fill out an online connect card? You can click on the online connect card by going to the front page of our website, crossroadsministries.com. Or if you're on our online church platform, you can click on connect card at the top. And please just, just fill it out. And also, too, at the bottom, would you put in a prayer request for how we can pray for you? Um, this is a great opportunity to just, you know, be honest and open about where you're at and how we can join with you and pray. Um, so please do that. If you're, with, if you're a church, part of our church family, fill out a connect card and, again, put in a prayer request so we can pray for you. So this is a great opportunity uh, for us to just partner with you. Guys, thanks for bringing in the Crossroads Care Packages items, these non-perishable items. Um, they've been going out every Friday. And, again, you're blessing families. This is an opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our community. Uh, remember, we're partnering with Blessings in a Backpack, and this food goes out every Friday. So keep bringing up food in the lobby and on the porch, um, and we're going to sort that, and we're going to send it out every Friday. So thanks for being uh, on, on mission with us. Uh, thank you so much. And, and guys, as we um, keep moving in this season, again, I just want to say thank you for giving. Um, there are several different ways that you can give. You can give online or in the lobby, uh, or you can even mail in, uh, mail in your tithe and offering. But thanks for being faithful. Um, I'm just blown away at God's faithfulness and how he is continuing to remind us that, that he is God and that we're not. And he's in control and he's with us. 
Uh, I want to share with you, too, that every Wednesday night uh, at 7 p.m., uh, we have an online prayer gathering on all of our platforms at 7 o'clock. We just gather, and people can submit their prayer requests, and we pray. We just lift up prayers to the Lord, and we open up the Word, and, and Ken and I get to talk and just share what, what God's been teaching us, and, and we get to partner with you and just lift up these prayers. So join us every Wednesday at 7 o'clock online. And I'm, I'm excited, I'll be honest. I, I can't wait till we can do this in person. Because I think it's such a sweet time online, and it's so cool to interact with everybody. But man, I can't wait until we do this in person. Guys, we're about ready to hop into this sermon, and I just want to tell you that we love you, and we're praying for you. And uh, it just it's such a privilege to do life with you guys, and I can't wait to, to all be together so soon. We'll see you. Welcome to Crossroads. I'm so glad I could join with you this morning online. God is doing great things in the midst of this pandemic, folks. And I want you to know that God is using you, our church family. And I'm so thrilled to be your pastor. I'm so thrilled to, to be able to shepherd and care for our family, the church, our church family, as we go through this season of the COVID crisis. Uh, I want you to know that uh, as we have gone through this journey, one of the verses that we shared on Wednesday evening uh, for our prayer time this week was from the book of Psalm chapter 30. Though weeping may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. And I want you to know today, folks, that joy is coming in the morning. We have been through some of the darker times, and now we are starting to come out. And uh, for us, the exciting news is this. In two weeks, we will be opening up church for in-person services. We are going to be having in-person gatherings here Saturday at 6 o'clock, Sunday at 9.30, Sunday at 11, just two weeks from today on uh, June the 6th and the 7th. This current weekend on Sunday, we are having drive-in church outside. Uh, so that we have our online service here. Outside the building is our drive-in church. You can drive up into the, into the parking lot, tune into 87.9, and you can hear church out there as we are on the stage out there. We're going to sing, worship the Lord, and we're going to just share God's Word outside as well. And, uh, and, and so that will be outside. We are online here. And I want you to just to be excited because this is, this is our, what we've been praying for. And many of you have been asking lots of questions so we have been following the CDC guidance. We've been following uh, advice from many resources. And I want you to know that we are excited to open up, as are many churches in our area, opening up in the next few weeks. So June the 6th and the 7th, we've taken a few weeks. We, we will continue to have drive-in church each weekend until then. But June 6th and 7th, we're going to reopen. We will have the chairs spaced apart, six feet apart. So uh, we will practice social distancing. And we'll give you more details about that as the time comes. But we want to encourage you, pick your time that you'll be able to come, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 9.30, or Sunday at 11. And by the way, folks, if you're still not comfortable to come out, 
I want you to know that we will keep our services online. We will continue to do this every weekend. So as I'm in here with the congregation, it will be live online, and we're excited about that. Excited that you'll be able to be a part of our online campus if you can't make it to our uh, to the church building. So I'm praying for your church family. God has great things in store for us. I don't know how this is going to go. We're going to evaluate this every week. As we first open, we are just going to open with our adult services. We will not have children's gatherings uh, from, from the word go, but we will invite you to bring your children in with you. And we're going to modify the services. We're going to shorten them just a little bit. And uh, we're, we're going to do some interactive stuff and just some, some, some things that will help your children also enjoy the experience as well. And you'll be able to sit in here as a family. We'll ask everyone to wear a mask as they come in, and then they can relax that mask after they have taken a seat. So I, I just want to encourage you as, uh, as we go through this journey together, uh, every church is going to look different how they reopen. We're doing our best, and I'm going to tell you what, folks. I am seeking the Lord's wisdom every step of this way. I don't know what it's going to be like from week to week, but I know that God is with me from week to week. And God didn't give us very much ahead, did he? He's given us today. And I can see just a few days. But I'm not even guaranteed tomorrow. So I want to invite you to, uh, to be praying for the church. I want to say thank you for your faithful support, for your faithfulness in logging online, for your faithfulness in giving. God has just been so good. Crossroads, you're an awesome family. And Crossroads, you're a growing family. As more and more people have gathered and joined in online with us, I say welcome. We're so glad you're here. One of the great things that has been happening in our church is that the church has been activated. People are getting up and they're doing things. I hear people going out and they're taking food to people. Uh, they're, they're, they're delivering food to people's homes. They're helping people with uh, financial issues. So many things are happening right now. One of those people is, uh, I want to share with you, one of our young, young people in our church. This young girl, Fia Seacrest. I'll tell you what, Fia is a great girl. Her and her family attend a church here. Fia and her mother, Jessie, made 4,000 masks. I saw on, uh, online, I think they had a hashtag, Fia flattens the curve, right? So Fia has done her part to help out with, uh, with, with the COVID crisis, with helping to flatten the curve. And I just wanted to give a shout out to her and, and her family and, and her mom and dad and her, her little sister. Fia, you are an awesome girl. Thanks for letting us stop by and pick up a few extra masks for our family. And we're so thankful for, for what God is doing with Fia and what he's doing in the Secret family. We're glad that you're part of our church family. And, folks, there are many, many more people like this. I wish I had time to, to just put up everybody's picture because I have seen so many people doing so many things for God. And, you know, that just fits right, right in with what we're talking about today. In our scripture, we've been going through, <clears throat> through the book of Galatians. Galatians is all about being set free. Like if you wanted to give, give a theme for the book of Galatians, you just think freedom. Just think, I've been set free. And you know, that's, uh, this is Memorial Day weekend. And as we pause and we remember this weekend, Memorial Day, we remember the sacrifice that it was given for us. Those people fought for our freedom. And this weekend, I want to encourage you, Take some time. Pause. Remember the fallen who have set us free in our land. Remember that that freedom wasn't free. And I want you to think about this today. 
the freedom that Jesus gave was not free, always free for us to receive. And it is freedom. Everything about Jesus is freedom. But it came at a high price. The Son of God laid down his life, paid for your sin, paid for my sin. Folks, that's what this is all about. Join me this morning, Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. He says here, the Apostle Paul says, Tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? He, he, he says, listen, those of you that want to live under the law, remember the background of the book of Galatians. This group of Judaizers came to the town of Galatia. Galatia, Paul had been there earlier, and Paul had come, and he had won people to Jesus. He shared with them the good news of Jesus. They, be, they began a church. They began to be followers of Jesus. And then this group of Judaizers comes and says, hey, listen, you, you know the story of Jesus? Well, you have to do more than that. You have to add, and they talked about this thing, circumcision. Now, could you imagine going to a grown adult and saying, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to get close to God, you want to know God, you have got to be circumcised. That's what this group of people were doing. Because as you go in the Old Testament, that was one of the, one of the marks of a, of a follower of God, of, of the nation of Israel. He, he said, I want you to do certain things. Well, the rest of the world didn't do all of those things. And, and so on top of that, it was following the law. So when you see that word in the Bible, don't just think actual circumcision. Think the law. Think following the law and being under the weight of the law. And think of something that absurd as going and having that done as an adult. Uh, tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? Verse, the next verse says this. He says, the scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. Verse 23, he says that the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Now check this out. The son of the slave wife, Abraham and Sarah. This is a powerful one. We looked last week a little bit about Abraham and Sarah. And, uh, and how that we are the sons of God. So we're going to take this another step. He says, the son of the slave wife. So what happened was God had given Abraham and Sarah a promise. And he told them, he says, listen, you are going to, uh, you're going to be the father of a great nation. And as you are the father of a great nation, I want you to know that uh, I, I know that you're old. And at the time he gave that promise, uh, they were elderly people. Like they were, I think Abraham was like 80, over 80 years old. His wife was over 80. He was close to 90, actually. And, and the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born of God's own fulfillment of, the prom, of his promise, of the promise of God. See, what happened was God gave these folks a promise, and he was going to fulfill it. But they said, uh, hey, we've, we better get in on the action here. We have got to come along and we've got to help them. So here was Abraham and Sarah. Now just imagine, ladies, at 80 years old being told that you're going to have a baby. Yeah, that's just what you want to hear when you're in the nursing home, right? You go to the nursing home and, hey, I'm going to have a baby. What are you, what's, what's going on with you, right? Uh, you don't go to any, any elderly homes and, and find women 80 and 90 years old having babies. The, the son of the slave was born... Out of human attempt. Here's what happened. 
they've waited like another 10, maybe 15 years for the promise to be fulfilled. And as they are getting anxious, Hagar is one of their slaves. And, and so Sarah says, okay, Abraham, I'm not able to have this baby. And, and, and we believe God said you're going to have a, have a baby, so here's what we're going to do. Abraham, you're going to have to uh, have a baby with your beautiful, young, child-producing, able-to-produce children, Hagar. So she gives him the slave. And uh, Abraham goes, okay, if that's really what you want to do, okay, I guess I have to obey. And uh, so he goes and he, he has a baby to this, to this beautiful young lady named Hagar. And the scriptures here says that, listen, the son of the slave wife, the one that was born to Hagar, was an attempt, a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Folks, this is what we try to do. We always come in and we try to help God out. Like, we believe God, but it's God plus my wisdom. God plus my attempt. God says, I don't need you to attempt. I need you to trust. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment. God said, listen, I am going to fulfill my promise. Now, I want you to catch this because God is better at fulfilling his promise than we are. God is better at accomplishing his promises than we are. Uh, and, and, and so many times we think that we're going to help God out. We're going to be, we're going to perform. I've talked to many people through the years who've tried to explain to me that they, uh, they just like, feel that they need to perform a little bit more. And they feel that if they would do this, then God will do that. If they will do this, then God will do his part. If I do my part, God does his part. Well, folks, let me tell you, God is better at accomplishing his promise than we are. I can't accomplish God's promise. God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah. And what did Abraham and Sarah do? Ah, they stepped out. And I think they were really trusting God. But you know what happened? They stepped out of what God had designed. And they took matters into their own hand. And God says, listen, uh, this is where the problem is. I don't want you to take matters into your own hand. I want you to trust me. Galatians 4.27, the Apostle Paul goes back and he, he, quotes, uh, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. Look what he says here. He says, Rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor. He's talking about Sarah. He's, he's quoted, uh, the, the, Isaiah gave this in regards to Sarah, and he's coming back. He says, Listen, for the desolate woman, that's Sarah, who was... At 90 years old when she has this baby, Abraham's about 100 years old when the, thought, when the promise of God is fulfilled. Now she has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. She has more children than that slave that he took matters into his own hands and said, we're going to do it our way. Listen, folks, this is a big thing for us to understand. Anytime we try to do it our way, it's never the right way. When we try to take matters into our own hands, our own hands can't possibly produce what God wants to produce. Go, uh, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. I love this. The prophet said that this is the word of the Lord, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord God, the, the mighty God, he says he is, he is, it's all about his power. And I want to encourage you today, as you're following Jesus, 
Would you come and just, maybe, this might be a great verse for you. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Folks, as we've been navigating this COVID and the, the shutdown, the lockdown, all that stuff, this has been a go-to verse for me. Not by might, nor by power. Listen, I have given everything. I have, I have given every ounce of energy that I have. And God says, it's not about your energy, Pastor Ken. And it's not about your energy as you're watching. It's by my spirit. And you know what the spirit of the Lord has done in these times? He has done things that I, I just am amazed at. I have watched people come to Christ. There are many people who have joined us online, and you are now a follower of Jesus because of during these times somebody invited you to join in and watch with us. I say welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the, to the family of God. You know why this is, folks? It's not by might. It's not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. And so what I'm sharing with you is that God has surprised me. Like, it is the power of God. Who am I to know the plans of God? It is the power of God Almighty. And as you're thinking about coming to God, you're, you're, you're looking at your relationship. I think many people out there are trying to do it all in their own power. They're trying to do it all in their own work. Trying to do it all in their own, I can do this. This is what I got to do. Well, folks, God has definitely not called us to be lazy. He didn't call us to just sit on, on the chair and do nothing. But, but I want to encourage you today that God has a plan that is so much bigger for your life than you could even imagine. God can still bring about a promise in your life. God is not looking for your ability, but your availability. Did you catch that today, folks? God is not looking for your ability but your availability. It's by His Spirit, says the Lord, not by your might. I, I think about Abraham and Sarah. They had no ability to produce a child. They're, they're, they're 80, 90, 90, and 100 now. They've been waiting and they've been faithful, and they, they said, I'm going to do what I can do. God bless them. They did. They gave it their best shot, didn't they? But I want you to know, God is not looking for your ability. I love this. He's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. He's looking for hands, not to come to God and say, God, look what I can do for you. But he's looking for hands that are wide open, lifting up in praise to God and say, God, I don't know what I can do for you, but here's my hands. Use me. You see, that's what God is looking for. And, and you know what? God can do this. You, you may be looking at your life and you say, you know what? I've had such a terrible past. I've had all these problems. I've had so much failure. And folks, may I share with you, failure is just a part of life. We all have failure. We will, some, some of us, are, you know, things haunt us from yesterday. And I want to encourage you, don't look to yesterday. Look to God. I don't even look to tomorrow. I look to God. Because God is not looking for your ability, but your availability. And so you have tremendous potential when God is in it. Oh, folks, I want you to know this, that God can still fulfill his promise in your life. God can still bring about his promise through you. You know, Abraham and Sarah, they didn't understand it. They just followed God. They tried to do it in their own, own hands for a little while. But God, in the end, comes through and he says, listen, let me show you the power of God. Let me show you whenever you can't do it anymore. Abraham, Sarah, you tried. You brought Hagar into the picture. And may I share with you that uh, 
that was a, a whole lot of tension there. But God still can bring about His promise through you, no matter your failure, no matter where you have been. You see, Christ supplies everything. This couple had nothing. And the Apostle Paul is making this a, a tremendous illustration. Secondly, he goes on, he says, listen, you're going to be hated by those that don't understand grace. You're going to be hated by those that are seeking to manufacture and seeking to do it on their own. Galatians 4.29, powerful verse. But you are now being persecuted by those who, who want you to keep the law. He says, you're being persecuted. Listen, these other people, the Judaizers, were coming to the church at Galatia, and they're feeling this pressure, and it's, it's, it's hard, and it's like, man, but, well, maybe we ought to just go do that. Well, maybe I ought to just surrender and just, just, just do this conformity thing, right? He says, you are being persecuted just in the same way, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, just as Ishmael persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. When God finally fulfilled his promise and Abraham and Sarah had baby Isaac, he said, and as you go back and you look in the book of Genesis, you study this out, here's what happened. Ishmael and Isaac were at odds. And Ishmael, the child born by human effort, he persecuted Isaac. And there has been tremendous tension. As a matter of fact, that tension still lasts from the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael to this day. This tension is what I'm going to call the tension between good works and grace. As the Apostle Paul is showing this in, in relationship to grace, he says, listen, ah, those that don't understand it, there are many well-meaning people. And I've gotten around many well-meaning people, and I have sometimes these interactions. Sometimes even amongst other pastors we will have interactions because this tension between grace and, and, and performance is, is really a big tension. But God says, listen, you will be persecuted by those who just want to keep the law. And so this isn't about just keeping the law now. This is about becoming free. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I want you to understand your freedom. You have been set free. You have been set free. And there should be nothing that we should be a slave to. Not a slave to the law. Not a slave to habits, hurts, and hang-ups. We don't have to be a slave to any of those things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, the Apostle Paul continues. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I love that. The very reason that Jesus came was for freedom. Everything about Jesus was freedom. Uh, freedom was how he did it. He, he was the ransom for many, the Scripture says, a ransom for all of us. He was, it, it was freedom that Christ has set us free. It was for freedom that he set us free. Everything about it was freedom. Stand firm. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now, what did Christ set us free to do? He set us free to love. Like he set you free from the law. He set you free to love. And, you know, as I think about this, I'm reminded that uh, I don't need a commandment when I love something. You know, when, I, when I'm thinking about, uh, uh, when you're thinking about something that you love, you don't need a commandment to do it. Now, do you? For example, you know, when I was a, a youngster, I just, you know, just loved little junk food. And you go out there and you play in the dirt all the time, right? And, and you did all those things that you did as a kid. 
But man, one day, I'll tell you what, I was introduced to a, uh, to, to a steak dinner. And I'll tell you what, I met, met a filet mignon face to face, you know. And you're sitting down there and you're eating that filet and you're like, oh man, nobody has to command me to eat filet mignon. Nobody has to command me that, hey, this is good. You better force yourself to eat that, right? But yet when I was a kid, I had to be commanded to do certain things. I didn't understand it. I wasn't in love with any of it. I, I was actually in love with other things at that point. I was in love with myself. I was loving, uh, in love with just, uh, just simpler things, things, were just, uh, things that weren't even good for you. And God says, listen, as you become a follower of Christ, he has set you free to love him. And you don't need a command. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's not about a bunch of regulations. He says, stand firm in the faith. Folks, that stand firm is a military term. It is is to fight. It's to stay in the faith. And God says, I want you to stay in the faith. I want you to hang in there. And I want you to not lose ground. So I want you to think with me about this. In your Christian walk, have you been defeated because you haven't been as good as somebody else? Have you been defeated because you say, I've screwed up and I have all these sin problems and I have habits? And listen, don't focus on those things. Don't focus on anybody else's performance. Only focus in on what Jesus did for you. Stand firm. The military term, stand firm. And he says, listen, I want you to get yourself in line. I want you to get in line with my grace. You know, it's like a car being out of alignment. Every now and then the, car, uh, the, the car's wheels kind of go in their own direction. And uh, you have to take it in. You have to get your, your car, the wheels aligned. And I want you today to get your heart aligned. I want to encourage you to get realigned. Oh, you can be going, and you may be struggling as you go. But I want to encourage you today to surrender to Jesus and, uh, and let the wheels come back into alignment. Let your heart come back into alignment of Jesus. Galatians 5.2, he continues, Mark my words. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you, that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. He goes back, he says, listen, if you're going to go back and you're going to put yourself under the law, you're going to do what these people are saying, you're going to have outward conformity, you're going to make no value to Christ at all. You're going to treat this with so little respect, and, uh, and you're not even understanding what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross so that you don't have to go back there. He paid for your sin once for all forever so that you don't have to be that slave anymore under the law. Oh, folks, this is good news for you and I today because I know we all struggle. We're all up and down. How many times have I met a person who says, man, I had such a bad experience as a kid. I went to church and church was, was not very good. It was, uh, the people always beat me up and I could never live up to their standard. Well, may I tell you, there's no standard to live up to. The standard is Jesus died on the cross, and he paid for your sin, and he came back to life again. And I find that absolutely freeing, absolutely freeing. Verse 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised has any value. He says, In Christ, those who kept the law, those who didn't keep the law, have no value. Your law-keeping, your works have no value. Uh, and another place the scripture says that our good works unto God are as filthy rags. In other words, we're all on the same plateau here. 
And, and then he continues on. He says, the only thing, now this is so powerful, folks. The only thing that really counts is faith. Faith in Jesus. It is finished. He paid the price. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And I want to encourage you today to, uh, to grow your faith. Because as you grow that faith, first of all, that faith brings you back and helps you understand that God has restored you as his father. He has brought you back and you are his child. So, uh, so you have been restored to God. He is your father. God restores to us as a father. He is our father. And so think of that relationship. Last week we talked about that. Listen, folks, God is not your policeman. You ever drive down the road and all of a sudden a policeman pulls up behind you? And what do you do? You, you haven't even been doing anything bad. You just kind of just kind of look like this and, and you're looking at your speed limit and he pulls up next to you. You're like, you know, you're kind of afraid to look over. You're just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> okay. But listen, the God is not the policeman. You don't have to have that feeling when you come to God. He's a loving father who accepts you totally even when you have failed. That's the kind of God that you serve. That's the kind of faith that God wants you to have. God does not motivate us with fear. God is not using fear tactics, folks. I love that. God doesn't use fear tactics. He doesn't put heaven on a carrot stick, you know? And he, he, he doesn't put he, uh, heaven on a carrot and re- reel you in with it and hell on a stick and going to beat you. He doesn't want to place you in a place of fear. He has placed you in a place of freedom. And that's what God's plan is. And so he continues on here. Uh, he continues on. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. And that's the great part we're going to get to here. Verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. I like this definition of what that word flesh means there from Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller says this, the, uh, it is the, the flesh is the unrenewed part of us that still desires sin. Those parts of our hearts which the Spirit has yet to fill with resurrection power. And so what I want to share with you is there is a struggle, and we are all struggling till the day that we die. Sin is uh, is going to be part of our life, and yes, we want to be growing. And as you come to understand God, you get to experience the joy and the fulfillment of who He is. But I want you to catch what the Apostle Paul here says, because as we wrap up on this today, think with me about how can I experience this from God? Okay? Galatians 5.17. He says, for the flesh. So he tells you to walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? He tells you why you need to walk in the Spirit. For the flesh, those, those parts that still need that resurrection power, those, those habits, those hurts. He says, uh, they desire what is against the Spirit. Your flesh, the self, desires what is against God's Spirit. And yet we have the Spirit of God, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. So so the Apostle Paul said over in Romans chapter 7, he said, The good that I want to do, I can't do it. And the bad that I don't want to do, I end up doing it. It's a struggle. Folks, I want to encourage you today. There's a struggle, but yet there is a way to victory. 
Continuing on here as we read the next verse here. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. And he gives us this long list. And I just want, I'm just going to read through this list. And, uh, and, and I want you to see the difference here between what we can produce and what God can produce in our life, right? So, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity. I don't think I have to explain those to anybody. We understand that sexual immorality, and we'll go back to that verse there. Sexual immorality is, is uh, sex outside of marriage. Moral impurity, uh, promiscuity, uh, sex that is uncontrolled and uh, just taking the natural drives. And, and listen, God gave us these, these drives and passions, but when we use them out of the drives and passions that God's given to us, they are destructive. They'll destroy you. And God says, I have set you free so that you don't have to be destroyed. He continues on. Check out the, the verse continues here. He says, idolatry and sorcery. These are the, these are the two that relate to kind of religion here. Uh, you have idolatry. In those days, people would worship a, an idol, an image, right? Well, today, not too many people that I know of have images and idols. And I've met a few people that have an image or an idol, but... Most people, their idols are things that matter more to God than God himself. They've let even some really good things get out of line. Sorcery. Uh, the, the word for sorcery here, this, uh, this gives the idea of manipulation. The, the Greek word there is pharmakeia. Some people think that may be even drug abuse right there. And, and boy, we see that rampant in our culture today, don't we? Then he gives a list of eight relational conflict. Look at these eight from relational conflict. Hatreds, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Folks, if you thought that the list missed you, it just now included you. Because everybody that I know of has had to deal with one of these somewhere along the line. Jealousies, outburst of anger. Oh, when you see somebody has an outburst of anger, it just destroys everybody in its path. There's pieces laying around everywhere. There's nothing healthy. There's, there's innocent people hurt everywhere. Selfish ambitions. Envy when you're just angry all the time. And, and, I, and, and I just hate you. And, you know, those were words that I remember hearing often as a kid. I hate. Jealous. Oh, the outburst of anger. I've, I've watched the outburst of anger and when I was growing up. It was just so painful. God says, I died so you don't have to live there. See, that's what, we, that's what we can produce on our own. God died to make you alive. Jesus died and rose again to make you alive. And so, therefore, you don't have to go through these things. But yet, many of us struggle with this, don't we? we, we, we these, are, these are hard issues. And then continuing on, but, uh, the next verse there, he says, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. I, I, we don't have to explain these things. We're, we're all familiar with these. We can, we can produce. This is what we produce whenever we're left without focusing on God. And look what he continues to say here. He says, I want to warn you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's not saying here that, look, if you've done that or if you had a problem, you've had a struggle. He's not saying, listen, if you've committed this every now and then. He's saying, look, if this is the characteristic, the word is habitually. Like if this is you over and over and over and over and over and over, you have missed 
the goodness of God. You have missed the reason that Jesus came. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is what is so cool here. The fruit of the Spirit. We're going to go to the next slide here. The fruit of the Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, look at the difference, folks. Envy, outburst of anger, love, joy. You know what? Love doesn't say, I'll love you as long as I'm right all the time. Love doesn't say, I'll do this without, you know, as long as I don't have to sacrifice. No, no, no. Love is all about sacrifice. Joy. God gives us joy. Like joy, you're, you're a, a, an angry man, a, a man of hatred, a man of no patience. And listen, those people have no joy. Do you ever watch somebody consumed with himself? Listen, they have no joy. The joy is gone. God says the Holy Spirit will produce joy in your life. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the ability to control and have master over these things. This is what the Spirit of God will produce in your life. And I want to encourage you that the way that you get this, the way that I think this is what everybody wants in their life. Go back and compare that last list. Nobody wants those things. Nobody. Nobody wants anger, hatred, idolatry, sorcery, drugs, alcoholic, alcoholism. Nobody wants all, none of that. They want love. They want joy. They want peace. And the greatest part is you can have this. And how do you get it? By focusing on Jesus. Because healthy fruit comes from deep roots. Come and put your roots down into Jesus. So catch that with me today. Healthy fruit will come from deep roots. And as you put your roots down deep into Jesus, all of a sudden the tree grows and he produces the fruit. Here's the best part, folks. I don't look at my life and say, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. I need to work on that. I come to Jesus and say, God, I need you to work on me. God, I'm going to focus on you, and I'm going to take my roots down deep into you. Um, let your roots go down deep into Jesus. I want you to also realize that you're only as mature as the most immature fruit. You're only as mature as your most immature fruit. As you're looking at that love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, and you say, man, I really struggle with patience. I really struggle with being gentle. I really struggle with self-control. Folks, the way to get that is not... I I remember one time I heard somebody say, take that list and and focus in on the one that you're weak at and ask God and work on that. No, folks, the way that you do it is to walk in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, walk. That means to be actively engaged with God every day and let Him walk with you. So as you're looking at this, it says the fruit. It doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit. Like this is the fruit that God produces in your life. And as God produces that fruit in your life, you will get that fruit not by focusing on fruit, but by focusing your roots deep in Christ. Walk in the Spirit. Lastly today, walk in the Spirit, and you will avoid the uh, fulfillment of the lust of the flesh. You will avoid the desires of the flesh. All those lists that are so negative. Oh, you'll still be tempted. God says walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill that.
Folks, I want to remind you, focus on Jesus because Jesus is, you know what Jesus is? He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is patient. Think of how God has treated you. Everlasting love. He's given you peace. He is peace himself. Peace on earth that comes from God, right? Goodness. He is faithful. Nobody else can even... God is the one who made the standard of faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I want to invite you to Jesus today as we wrap up. Maybe you've not trusted Jesus. Maybe you've been coming and you're saying, man, I need to come to Jesus. I want to invite you. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin, and he rose again to pay for your sins. He, He did that to set you free, set you free to love. Set you free to have joy. Set you free to have peace, to have patience, to have self-control. Against these things, the Scripture says, there is no law. Right where you're sitting today, if that's you, you say, Pastor Ken, I want that in my life, and my life is so broken, my life is so messed up, you don't understand. I've been trying to turn over a new leaf. Would you come to Jesus today? Would you just pray and call on Him and say something like this? Dear God, I need you. You died on a cross, you paid for my sin. You rose again, and I invite you into my life right here, right now. God, thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. And for others today, if you have been struggling with this, maybe you've been following Jesus for some time, but you're trying to be a good person. You're trying this. You're you're like Abraham and Sarah. God says, stop trying. Start trusting. Maybe you trusted Christ as your Savior many years ago, but you've been frustrated because you're trying, trying, trying. Grow your roots down deep into Jesus. And today, maybe you just need to pray. God, help me to focus on you. Let me pray for us all. Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I thank you for your people. I thank you for the way that they have been following online, how they've been engaging, they've been growing. And God, as we seek to understand this powerful concept, that you died on the cross. You paid for the sin to set me free so that I don't have to go back and be a slave to the law, a slave to anger, a slave to immorality, a slave to drunkenness. I don't have to be a slave to anything because you set me free. Be with those today, Lord, that just opened their heart and trusted you. Be with those that, uh, that have been following you for some time. But, Lord, you just spoke to them today, and you transformed their life by the power of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us online today. It's been great, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here in person soon. God bless, and have a great day.
Sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. 